to the latest edition of the Red Bear Report. As always, I'm your host, Jake Simmersheim, and with me I'm joined by Mikey. Mikey uh, was out last week. He was day-to-day, but uh, he was he was listed as uh, probable last night, and yeah. he came through, so he's back on the pod for this week. Good to be back, talking a little bit about some, some Redbird football to start, I think, and uh, didn't seem like I missed too much this weekend with with Redbird football and the loss against Western Illinois. Yeah, that was a that was a tough one to watch at home, I'll tell you. You could tell that uh, the Leathernecks were surging before halftime, even when I used to. I think I want to say they were up twenty-one to to six, and then I was watching the game. I was I was just thinking, if they score here, that's going to completely shift the momentum. Yeah, and I mean, it, I wouldn't say that exact moment is the big difference, but I was like, they could mess around and win it there, and they ended up. I mean, that's what they did. They won thirty-eight, thirty-one. Icu was up twenty-one, thirteen at the half. They took a twenty-eight to thirteen lead early, and then they just gave up. How many points is that? Like twenty. Yeah, twenty-five in the second half. Yeah, twenty-five unanswered basically. Yeah. Twenty. Yeah, twenty five unanswered. Then they got the field goal right at the end to. It just seems yeah. like ISU's defense kind of collapsed in the second half, which is interesting because that's been something that's actually probably been a slight positive out of this ISU team this season and in most seasons, is their defense has usually been relatively sound. But in a game where the offense actually found ways to score, yeah, the defense I, wasn't there. Like imagine if this was the recipe in like that. NDSU game where they only lost what was it like twenty nothing right mean, but like still, the whole game yeah. was ten nothing basically yeah. yeah they scored their final two with like eight minutes so left. if the defense yeah. would have locked down like they did that game and then the offense would have actually been able to show up things could have been a totally different story and like you said last week as we were talking about before we started recording they could t- potentially be playing for a bid yeah I that was a there's no way they're playing for a bid now that was a no. bad take but I realistically had they won out. And one convincingly, they could have competed for a lower bid. Now it's out of the question. They lost to Western. It really makes you wonder if they're going to be Indiana State now, it, Northern and Iowa North Dakota, Northern Iowa. Yeah. That's going to be it, it's going to be a lot tougher than imagined. And ISU's defense hadn't had not played consistently. In they played well against Butler, Western Michigan. That. Whatever they have 20, right. 28 nothing, but it was basically like like twenty one until like the very end. Um, Eastern Illinois they played okay. Southern Illinois they collapsed. Missouri State they collapsed. North Dakota St- and then they come back. They have a bye. They play well against North Dakota State and South Dakota defensively. Probably their two best defensive performances. And then they just can't really get off the field on third down against Western Illinois. No. And, yeah, like you said, going into now another week at home against Northern Iowa. And, I mean, like you said, I just don't know what there's left to play for for them. Obviously, they're going to try and win. I mean, you have only one in-conference win. It'd be nice to try and get another one playing three conference teams to end out the season. Yeah, they. Uh, it's not looking great against Northern or North Dakota. Last time I looked last week, it was, they were second to last, I believe, or third to last, one of the two. Um, they are currently at second to last. Oh no, we're in. A, we're actually in a tie for last with North Dakota and Youngstown State now. Western Illinois moved up. Indiana State moved up. North Dakota State still the only undefeated team though. Um, 
I don't know. I don't have a whole lot to say. Bryce Jefferson didn't really do anything crazy that game. Cole uh, Mueller had another great game. He had 159 yards. He only had 47 in the second half, though. Which I wonder what the yeah what the issue was there. Whether that was him. Whether that was play calling. I don't know. Well, what what they said, what everyone basically said, offense and defense, is that uh, Western Illinois is known this season to show some things that they've never shown the entire season in any type of film. Huh. And, and they said in this, Mueller said in the second half, is it, here's this quote right here, they said, they threw a lot of different looks that were not on film at all. It's kind of hard when you see something different than when you're expecting because you have certain play calls that you want to play against that defense. If they're playing something different, it's for sure a lot harder. So is Western maybe figuring out teams a little bit during the first half and then just yeah coming coming up with things as they go, I guess? I don't know. Yeah, that's a good thought for sure. Yeah, I like that thought that maybe they're just very good at adapting. Like they well, know their flaws and know where to fix it. I, I hate to bring this into an NFL analogy because that type of football is so different. But, I mean, I was watching Monday Night Football last night and uh, the Giants head coach was, was describing how Andy Reid – We'll do that in the first half. You know he'll let you play, and the second half will come out and he'll completely have you figured out your offense, your defense, etc. So I think that's what I was thinking about, and maybe that's what Western was thinking too. Yeah, and um, you know they're they're sitting in the bottom of the of the valley, but what I've heard from like around the league is that they're a very phenomenal offensive team. That they're probably the best passing team in the league. They really keep you on your toes, and they can air it out. Yeah. Um, he had a very solid receiver named Dennis Houston. Six receptions, 86 yards, a touchdown. He had one of the best college catches, at least at the NBC I've ever seen on yeah. Saturday. He made a very nice toe-tapping catch. Got both feet into for a two-point conversion. But he was huge. He was uh, Connor Sampson's uh, main target. It, I mean, besides him, they also had Tony Tate with five receptions for 78 yards. They were... Their passing game is pretty potent. I mean, they put up 300 total yards almost, 298, three three touchdowns. There was some positive this weekend, though, in, in another sport, in Redbird Volleyball. Yeah, I'm glad you transitioned into that. Redbird Volleyball, seven straight. Yeah. Four straight sweeps. They haven't um, lost a set since set three at, Bra at Bradley yeah. on uh, Monday, October 18. So now we enter a totally new month. In the last four matches, they've gone perfect. In the last seven, they've won. They are getting so hot at the right time. How similar does this stretch feel to last year's uh, nine game we decided? Yeah, including the tournament, it was nine. But only in the regular season, it was only six. So they're beating them there. I mean, it's so similar that it's almost like this is what Leah wants. Like, it's almost like she plans for this. Like, they struggle until they don't. And then all of a sudden, they just can't not win. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's almost like this is exactly what they knew would happen. Yeah, it's like Leah just plans for it at this point. Like... Yeah, she, like she, she wasn't necessarily happy in the beginning of the season. I'm not gonna say that. No, she didn't seem like she was freaking out. Right, like exactly. She, it she seemed like she was like, we need to get this fixed, this fixed, this fixed. But it's all part of the plan, kind of. Exactly. And it's and all coming into place. Yeah, she she never was worried, and I don't think even if she was, she would have shown the media. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but for it sure. really didn't seem like she was worried. Um, and then this weekend at home again, you have two games that are very winnable against Indiana State and Evansville. Evansville, they got swept by earlier in the season, uh, but I don't think Evansville is that like solid anyway. Really, it was a that was a big upset. Yeah, they're they're seven and five in conference. They're normally not all that great, so they're definitely beatable. I don't know what that game was. That was just at the beginning of the season when 
they were still trying to figure things out. But even before then, they still beat Indiana State in four sets. So I have a feeling they'll have some fun this weekend too. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure back then was when they were dealing with a bunch of injuries. Too. Yeah. That was when they still had a bunch of players out. Prudzinski, Leffler. Yeah. I remember um, – also, Leffler, this is we're a little. She's a little over now, but 500 mm-hmm. uh, assists as a freshman. That's been hurt. Very impressive. Yeah, she's climbing up the ranks of assists for a true freshman in ISU history. I think she was like six when she got to 500. And there's been like three, I think two or three matches since then. So she's definitely climbing up the ranks. For sure. Um, yeah, there's really two more interesting matchups on the on the schedule. I mean, not that yeah. Evansville, Indiana State, and Valpo aren't interesting, but ISU finishes with Loyola Chicago on November 13th and then Bradley at home. Those two matches are going to be huge for seeding specifically. Yeah. And Especially then Loyola. They return home for the worst uh, time of the year to have a tournament. <laughs> yeah, it's we talked about that, I think, two weeks ago. That's yeah. going to be a little strange. I don't I, – it's just weird. I don't like that it's on Thanksgiving. They should just roll it out, like start like – not the Monday after Thanksgiving, but, like, have it in on the Friday well, after even Thanksgiving. Even if they had it, like, the Monday before Thanksgiving. Like yeah. They, they only have it planned for three days. It's only Thursday through Saturday. Yeah, they could so do that. So why not do it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Yeah, it's very it's weird to me. My only thought process is I don't know how it works for other Missouri Valley schools. I have a feeling they have the sa- a similar schedule. But I know some schools around the country are doing class on Monday, Tuesday. So yeah. maybe they're thinking that they don't want the student-athletes to miss class, but, like, I don't know. I have a feeling all the Missouri Valley schools are following a similar schedule, so I, I don't know why that wouldn't work. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Um, I feel like there's gonna be like no fan turnout. Like really, like there's gonna no. be zero students. No, and that's sucks. the problem. Like that's last year. Part of the reason why ISU won was because it was at home again, and it was the first time all season fans could be in the building. So the true volleyball fans were there to support them, and now that's not gonna be the case. Something I just thought of is if they win the championship on their home court this year, there's a chance they could have less fans than than last year. Which would be pretty ridiculous. Which would be very happen. ironic also, considering... It would also be their their second conference championship in 2021. Yeah, that, that which would Which is also sick. in itself a little that, bit weird. It, that, is, uh, that is weird to think I about. Always, sure. I always second-guess myself on what to call last year's championship. Is it the 2020-2021? Is it spring? Or is it, yeah, spring 2021? I always <laughs> call it the... Well, I don't know, actually, because I've called it, like, the twenty the 2020-21 season and, like, the spring 2021. I think it, it depends on the sport. They've called it 2020, which is weird, but they've also done 21. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't really have anything else for volleyball. You got anything? No. Good luck to them this weekend, trying to make it eight and nine in a row, which would be absolutely insane. Yeah, it would. Oh yeah, they. I guess they couldn't match that this weekend. Um, be it next weekend. That would be crazy if they somehow beat that stretch. Yeah. Um, moving on. Let's talk about some men's and women's basketball here at ISU. Uh, we got two games this week. Exhibition play, unfortunately. I mean, it'd be nice to. Have some real games. I don't yeah. think they had exhibitions last year. No, probably not because of COVID. Yeah, no, they just started right away at number 23, Ohio State. Yeah, I was about to say, that game at Ohio State, I remember watching that on TV. Brutal. That was an exhibition, though, right? That was no, just that was, game, yeah. that was one of those weird, like, tournaments they made last year. Remember when they had those yeah. different little bubbles all around the bracket? Right. I remember what they called it. It was just like a grouping. It wasn't really yeah. a tournament. Yeah, yeah. for sure. 
Um, so ISU men's basketball plays Davenport on Thursday, and UMSL for women's basketball. Yeah, University UMSL on, on Wednesday. Massachusetts. I don't know what UMSL. Your guess is as good as mine. On I'm that gonna one. look it up because it's. I don't know. Oh, it's University of Missouri St. Louis. Huh. I figured it was close. Yeah, that makes sense. They it wouldn't be like a match for an exhibition, thing. right? Yeah, they're probably D two. <coughs> um, yeah, let's get it. Let's let's touch on women's for a second before we get into men's. Um, just because we're the beat writers for the men's, and we'll probably have a little bit more to say. But women's basketball, they open like I said against Missouri St. Louis. I expect them to be a very good team. Yeah, they were. We talked about this two weeks ago, but they were ranked third in the. Uh, wait, was it third or fourth? Fourth. It was fourth. Remember, we talked about how it should have mm-hmm. been third. Uh, but they were ranked fourth in the coaches' poll for the MVC, and I think they're going to surpass that expectation. I think they'll be in contention for second place at minimum until the very last game of the season. Right. I think Missouri State is that's a very tough team. I mean, they were they're returning a lot of their same really solid players mm-hmm. on on IS, on uh, women's. I mean, oh yeah, they are Mary returning. Crompton specifically. Uh, they're going to be better yeah. than last year for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah Mary Crompton, she third best uh, three point percentage in the nation last year. Insane. Uh, Jada Stinson from Arkansas State. Um, what is Arkansas State's mascot? Oh. I it's been driving me crazy. I need to look it up. No now. idea. Um, they also have uh, Juju Redmond returning. Um, who else big do they have? Lexi Kadelka is going to come back. This could be the year she steps into it. Red Wolves. Red Wolves, okay. It's driving me crazy. Um, anyway, and then you have like younger players like Maya Wong and uh, Lexi Boyles, Kate Bowman, who could potentially step up this year. I expect a lot. Kristen Gillespie, very good coach. She she knows what to get out of her team, I feel like, pretty well. She just has kept improving each and every year so far. Yeah. Yeah, I expect the team to be pretty solid, as you said. They have a lot of returners. Also, Deanna Wilson, who was on a all – I think she was on the all, like, newcomer team. Not the, not the actual award, but I think she was on the team. I think that's, um, that's right. For the MVC last year. I did a feature on her last year. On yeah, her, she was. On her uh, – Jump from Moberly CC in uh, St. Louis to, to ISU, and I think she'll take on a bigger role this year as well. Yeah, I could see that. She was a very good player. Did Crompton get anything last year also? I don't know. Most but improved she, player, I was all say, honorable if she, mention. If she didn't, that was a little bit of a robbery then because she was, as you said, nationally ranked shooting-wise. Yeah, that that's impressive. Um, isn't she back as like a grad student or something? Or is she because it here says redshirt junior, but I thought she was taking like graduate classes. She is. She graduated something stupid early. She's my grade. I had a class with her my freshman year. Huh. Uh, psychology with uh, Dick Sullivan. Hmm. Shout out. Um, another player I could see uh, having um, a good impact for the Redbirds. Sorry, I lost my train of thought mid sentence. Is uh, Kale Newland, really good defensive player. Um, she didn't really play much last year. She only averaged 7.6 minutes per game. Um, only scored 40 points, but I feel like she's been a solid player since her freshman year. She's a, uh, probably a COVID senior, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, it's, it's hard to tell what year anyone is because, I mean, for Juju Redmond, it says fifth year, for, but then for Mary Crompton, it just says redshirt junior. I don't know. Yeah. I it Like, the, rain, the labels were already kind of – 
a little hard to follow sometimes. Well, then, and then they how, added the COVID year. I don't know how they did it for women's, but for Bill said at that press conference with Dan Muller for men's, they said uh, they were just going to advance everyone a year no matter what. Like they said, yeah, you know, they're going to put Howard Fleming as a sophomore, even if he's going to end up taking an extra year after his senior year. You know what I mean? Like everyone's going to advance one year, which I guess I get that as long as they follow the same format for everyone. But they don't because right. football, they didn't advance. It's, right. So, so there's, it's, it's real weird to me. Right. Because I, I kind of like that, how Bill said they did it for men's basketball. Yeah, so no, I, I, I like that. I feel like that they should follow that more. for everything. Because his logic was something like, he explained it to us. He said something like, you don't want to misidentify someone as a freshman if they've played a year already and they didn't sit. You know what I mean? Which is true. Yeah, which I think that's fair. Um, while we're on the topic, we might as well just stay on men's basketball. Yeah. Um, Low, 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 low expectations for men's basketball this year. Yeah, some colleagues in the uh, MVC put together a a student poll, uh, and they all had ISU last. Which uh, I I believe ISU did finish last last year, ninth. I can't remember what the technical seedings came out because I believe it was a tie. Yeah. Hey, we beat Bradley though. They did sweep Bradley. That was. Uh, we can't- we can't forget that. That was something that doesn't happen often. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, ISU, uh, not a lot of hope from teams. From oh Yeah, they did finish last last year. Yeah. Um, not a lot of hope around the conference and from our uh, fellow student media members that we both forgot to get our poll in Yeah, in they time. sent it to both of us for the vedette, and they said – do the poll and I just haven't been covering men's basketball for long enough to like know any yeah. like top 10 players so I just didn't do that um yeah. after watching this season I'll have a better grasp but I was yeah I was much more down for the in-state one last year or like not the in-state what is what am I saying the in-season one we oh yeah at the end um I meant to do it I just it slipped my mind and then the day it was due I had to write like 20 pages for McHale's script or something. <laughs> We're talking about a lot of teachers. Another shout-out to Dr. Yeah. McHale. I have him for one of my classes, actually. Very for, entertaining, yeah, actually. Yeah, for uh, 161. Um, but, yeah, let's not talk about teachers. That's, uh, <laughs> key players this year, obviously, Antonio Reeves. It will probably be the yep. leading scorer when it comes away. But I want to talk about someone who Mueller has given a lot of defensive props to. But Mark Freeman averaged 17 points last year, yeah. which would be the most – Event it would have be DJ Horn. I'm pretty sure for last year. I think DJ averaged 14 or so. Um, with him leaving, he averaged 15. So Freeman would have been our top scorer last year at Tennessee State. Right? Yes. Yeah. And another big thing about Freeman, he led the conference, the Ohio Valley Conference, in uh, free throw shooting percentage. And that might huh. not sound like a like a big deal, but ISU was awful I at mean, the line regardless that makes a huge difference that's yeah. two free points every single foul i mean or most fouls i mean that's that's a huge difference especially because we talked about all the time about how so many times last year isu would hold a 10 point lead in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter an eight point lead and then they blow it and lose by two i mean think about all those chances they could have had at the free throw line too. the bonus stripe i mean that's that's why they call it the bonus stripe it's those extra free points yeah isu had a uh 66 free throw percentage team-wide, which is not really something to write home about. DJ Horn and Antonio were the best from the line. They were the only ones above 75%, which I feel like 
at minimum, I feel like a majority of your team should be at 75 yeah. for free throws. To only have two players at that, that's no, it's not a good sign. That's a sign of a team not having very much success, is yeah. not being able to shoot above at least 70. I also feel like I'm not sure, like, like, I really don't know what an average amount of free throws is in a season, but 372 sounds on the lower end. Yeah. Like, it just, like, they I mean, weren't think about getting how many, like, lot. divide that by two. Think about that's not that many fouls for mm-hmm. how many games they played. No, it's like, journalists can't math, so I'm not even going <laughs> to attempt it. They, I'm just going to see how many games they had last year. They had 25 games last year, so... How many fouls did I say? 373? 372. 372, yeah. That was 372 uh, free throw attempts? Oh, yeah, free throw attempts. 372 divided by 25. That's only seven, drawing seven fouls in average game. Right. Which if is you're not, assuming you're going to enough. Twice, yeah. It's not enough at all. No. Yeah, so that's, 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 sure that goes to aggressiveness. And that's, that's also, like, at the end of the games when teams are fouling on purpose right. to get them to the line. And right, just and more often than not. ISU was not leading at the end of games. They yeah. were the ones who had to be the ones to foul. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't necessarily think they will finish 10th. They very easily could. Um, yeah. I don't, don't know. know. I want to see – they've been in the – this. my main thing that I've taken away from, like, the media stuff so far is how much they've been in the locker room. Right. Or not the locker room, the weight room. They look bigger. I think I talked about this two weeks ago. Also, I mean, locker room too, though. I started yeah. to up, but I feel like Mueller was Mueller was at least trying to say whether or not this is just a front for the media that they have a better attitude this year. They all have been there before last year, knowing what it feels like to not win, mm-hmm. and they want it, they don't want to do that again. No, Abdu, um, Howard, and um, Freeman told me that they were like really close in it this year. Good. Yeah. I mean, that start it starts there. Which, I don't know. I could see them not being close-knit last year. Yeah, especially because of COVID probably had some kind of effect on it. Oh, for sure. And then the amount of players that just went to the transfer portal (coughs) as soon as the season was over tells you all you need to know about the trust they had with Dan Muller and their teammates, whether or not you think Dan Muller should still be on his job or not. I mean, it goes to show how what the attitude was like. So I'm glad to see that the attitude is a little bit fixed, at least – to the start of the season yeah that is good for sure and i don't know maybe that's why they couldn't get into good offensive rhythms maybe there is too many egos last year yeah i could totally see that too and i think again covid played a huge part because they probably weren't able to do as much just like team at least you know shouldn't have been doing as much team bonding and mm-hmm. things like that I really only had one more thing I wanted to touch on for men's basketball. Uh, Mueller kind of called out Antonio um, in the in the. I want to say it was the Valley Media Day, not the normal. Yeah, I didn't go to the normal media day. You went, but he said, "Let me pull up this quote real quick." He's basically said he's challenging him to be a leader. He's challenging Antonio to be a re- leader this year. Yeah. And um, that, and then he basically said he hasn't been in the past, which I thought was kind of interesting mm-hmm. that he put that out there, especially for Dan Muller to put that out there. Right. I feel like he coach speaks to death. Yeah, you, exactly. You wouldn't expect Muller to say that. Um, and I think he was already kind of implying that at the at the Redbird specific media day because he was just, as we both have talked about a couple times, he was just absolutely going 
giving so many compliments to Antonio, just telling him, telling us how he's gotten bigger, he's physically bigger, he's gotten mentally stronger, he's just a nice guy. And so I think Mueller sees all these new expectations for Antonio. Yeah, and I definitely uh – and you know he said he was he kind of called him out like a little bit, but he also said he's he's really improved on that that it was this off season and right. uh, it's been a big step and I I think that's a big step and honestly um, it's not like I'm not on court so you can't uh, really like tell you can't hear the conversations or anything but like I can I've witnessed his progression as he grows more confidence and it seems right. like he's more comfortable because. Uh, his freshman year, you'd be lucky to get him to answer more than one or two sentences at a press conference, and he's still he's still like one of the more uh, like uh, what's the word I'm looking for concise guys when right. responding. Um, but he's gotten a lot better, and last year towards the end of the season, you were seeing that, especially when he was playing well and he was getting that confidence. And this year at the media day, um, he's just he showed a lot of confidence. I thought. Yeah, and I think as. If what we and Dan Muller are predicting is true, that Antonio will be the best player on this team, I think that'll only add to his confidence and his leadership. Um, naturally, the team's going to flock around the guy who's leading the way, especially if they are finding ways to win some games. So I think we can expect big things from Antonio Reeves. And Ant- Antonio averaged 12 points last year, and right. he really did not play well in the first half. So no, yeah, he still made, I think it said 24 starts out of 25 games. Um, yeah, but yeah I think he, he, he was there all season, but... Yeah, and uh, expect big things out of him this year. Uh, yep. I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else you want to touch on? Nope. All right, let's wrap this up. Uh, as always, be sure to follow along all things ISU Sports at VedetteOnline.com. Uh, follow along. We'll have li- a bunch of live coverage this week, actually. A lot of home games, men's and women's basketball, volleyball, football. Go to at Vedette underscore sports. Also follow our main account, at the underscore vedette. Um, Yeah, remember, stay hot, birds.